Your existence is derived from how you choose to look at the world around you. Your outlook is either creating you or destroying you. And we have to be cognizant of the reasons, the explanations, the stories we tell ourselves. We have to be aware of how we rationalize everyday occurrences. We have to ask, am I seeking out solutions to the right problems? What's the root cause? What's the actual reason? It's the Perpetual Good Podcast with your host, Kenneth Hopkins. Join us as we discover the good things that are happening all around us and what we can do to bring even more good to our communities. Life is like a box of assorted chocolates. But what swirls in my head? Donuts from boxes. Both go with the concept. Never know what you'll get unless you are open. There's been a lot of hate going on, okay? So let me holler at this up. What's the Look at here, dog. I see me in the street, but shout it, you don't know me. When you holler, when you speak, remember you don't know me. Save all the hating and the popping, pipping, you don't know me. Quit telling people you my partner, listen, you don't know me. Welcome back to the Perpetual Good Podcast. This is your host, Kenneth Hopkins. And for this week, we're going to talk about going deeper or going past the surface. And for this, I've entitled this Treasures in the Deep because when you actually look at it, there's a lot of good stories that are out there. I've seen a lot of things about uh, everything from people giving money unexpected to, uh, to people who uh, who help them out or do good, uh, hyping up local businesses, which is always a good thing. And there's even hidden camera shows to see who's going to be the good person that comes out of that. All of those are great things. All of those are very inspirational. They help restore our faith in humanity, especially with all of the, the, the negative news stories that are going on. But we can get caught up in just that surface level satisfaction of that story in and of itself and miss so much more of the treasure that comes in that. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. Now, for today's podcast, I came across this story a couple of years ago. If you are into inspirational stories, you have probably ran across this story as well. It's the story of Michael Kent, Tiffany Whittier. And when I looked at it, I love the story and I thought it would be great for the podcast itself. Now, the story itself has all of the feel good elements in it and all of the elements themselves to make a great viral story. There's in the story, there's a there's a hero and there's a there's a villain. Um, there's a life that is turned around. There's racial conflict. It's all reconciled. And the story itself did actually go viral. Now, if you search the names Michael Kent and Tiffany Whittier, you're going to find dozens of results and everybody has picked up on it. Everything from God TV to men's health to face-to-face Africa. So this story, and it's the same story. Everybody is saying the same thing. So I looked at it and I'm like, this this could actually work. So I did all the research. I, I looked at as much as I could. I figured it, you know, I checked all the boxes. But each time I tried to present it, something felt off. It felt like it was missing. Like there's something that I'm missing in this process. 
So I, I've done it a couple of times and I've spent a lot of time in, in actually putting the story together. But I came away with kind of what I was talking about in the beginning, just kind of that surface level satisfaction. It was like, OK, yeah, great story. But what it came down to when I really looked into it a little bit more was that it was not so much the what of the story, but what was missing was the why. Now, I've listened to the interviews, I've read it over and over again, and every time I get inspired, but I didn't really understand why. So I had to do a little bit of digging, and in the process, I, I found a lot of parallels in the story itself, but I found some, some things of just even my own why and reasons to get beyond that surface level. And so we're going to spend some time not so much getting into the real crux of Michael and Tiffany's story, but just some of the things that came out of it. So we're going to look at different aspects of it, and then we'll be able to apply that to our own lives and to our own stories and and to our pursuit of things that are good or things that look good or things that can be inspirational for us. So here's the story in a nutshell. Centers around two people. The first is Michael Kent. Now, Michael is a white man with a very violent criminal past. And not only that, but he was staunchly involved with white supremacist ideologies, white supremacist groups. And as a contrast, he was getting out of prison. And as part of his parole, he was going to be assigned a parole officer. Well, in this particular case, the parole officer that was assigned to him was both black and female. The parole officer that was assigned to him was Tiffany Whittier. She was the one who got the assignment, and in spite of all of the information that she could see about him, she decided to trust her gut and take the assignment. Now, from that moment, Tiffany really believed that Michael was more than everything that she saw, the whole portrayal of him. So she actually dug deeper than the file on him, than the reputation on him, and actually believed that there was more. And the result was that, well, there were actually a few results. One is that Michael and Tiffany became good friends after all of this transpired, and Michael changed his life for the better. He ended up getting rid of all of the hate, not just the external hate, but the internal hate as well and got rid of all the negative parts of his life. So that's the that's the basic story in a nutshell. When you listen to the interviews, you get a little bit more of just some of the nuance in it, but that's the basics of it. Because you're there every step of the freaking way, wanting me to continue being better and better, and you push me, you strive. Let's get down all these racist things. Let's get down the flags. Let's get down Hitler. Why don't we put up smiley faces? Now, there are a lot of good things about this story in and of itself, but there were three things that stood out to me. Now, the first one is when Tiffany got the assignment, because she had the opportunity to look at all of the information, to see all of the details about Michael's life and his past, and, and have all of those details influence her as far as her judgment is concerned. 
there was even talk in the office that this might have been some type of prank to give to her because the situation was just so uh, almost ludicrous. But something deeper inside of her prevailed. And so with all of that information, she, she just pushed back against everything. And she refused to believe that this was some type of punishment or, or a prank. But she really believed that this was an assignment and not just an assignment from the office, but just because of her own faith. She felt that this was an assignment from God and something that she was to pursue. The second thing that stood out was their first encounter. Now, remember, Michael was not just your ordinary ex-con. Michael had such a reputation and he was so scary that really anytime you're dealing with him, it looked like a very scary movie gone bad. In Michael's life, when it came to anybody coming to his house, when the cops would come to his house, they always came with backup. But not even that, even when his friends came to his house, Nobody would ever go to his house alone. That's how afraid they were of who Michael was and what he was likely to do. Tiffany, however, because she believed that this was something that was really a personal assignment for her, when she showed up, she had no backup. She had no plan B. She showed up alone. And this really was a turning point in the whole relationship because that established a level of of trust and respect, even though the first encounter was a, a little bit tenuous, but the fact that she trusted herself enough and she trusted in what the possibility was of that encounter, that she would show up alone, that, that actually says a lot about her. And that leads into the third thing that stood out, and that's the smiley faces. So I just mentioned how scary Michael was. Michael was in prison because of his violent past, for his hatred, for his hatred of other people, for his white supremacist views. And as Tiffany and Michael started working together, one day she goes to his house and she sees all of the hateful rhetoric that's all over his walls. And she said, Michael, you need to take those things down. Now, this was a request. This was not a requirement of his parole. So he could have said, absolutely not. I'm keeping this stuff. I just need to get through this process. But something about the way that the relationship had developed into that time, she made the request, said, take all of this stuff down. And instead of having hateful things up, put up smiley faces. Smiley faces and positive images so that when you go to bed at night, the only thing that you're going to see are smiling faces and things that are positive. And when you wake up in the morning, you're going to see the same thing. And Michael decided this was something that he wanted to do. So this story has just so much in it. <laughs> you would think that it was written by an author, but these are things that actually happened to these people. And it changed Michael for the better. I was 12 years old. I finally got me a black friend. No animosity, nothing. We were thick as thieves. We got along great. He invited me over to his house. His mom says, I don't want that blue-eyed devil in my house. 
Now, there were a couple of surprises also in this story, and you you wouldn't really get this from just reading the headlines. Um, you had to get a little bit past this and actually hear some of the interviews. But the first surprise of this, actually both of these things that that stood out to me as surprises, they're, they're related. And the first was the story of his childhood friend. See, Michael ended up, his family ended up moving to this area, I believe, of, of Philadelphia, if I remember right. And there were a lot of minorities there. There were a lot of black people there in the area that he grew up in. And so as a kid, he made friends with whoever was there. And one of his friends was a black kid. And at one point, he was going to go over to his friend's house. And his friend's mom said, I don't want that white devil in my house. That had a very profound effect on him. And so much of what happens to us and the people that we end up becoming, it comes down to what I call crossroad type events. When you have a person who's a person of influence or a person that's close to us or a person that we want to be close to us say something or do something, they don't understand the impact of what that does to us or what it could do to us. Sometimes if people think about the things that they're saying and doing, it really could cause different outcomes in our lives. And as Michael talks about this particular event in his life, it was pivotal in changing his direction where he was making friends with black kids as, as a kid growing up. But then he realized that he was not accepted. And because of that, he sought out acceptance with people who ended up becoming people who hated other races. And that's where a lot of this development came from in his life. And I mentioned that there were two. And this was it, it's kind of a parallel path. It's interesting that it was the actions of a black woman and her hatred and her racist views towards him that caused him to start to seek out hatred and racial negativity. But at the same point, it was the action of another black woman and her respect for him and her acceptance of him that led him on the path away from all of that hatred and away from that idea of white superiority. It was almost like he was looking to recover that, that kid that had been hurt. And this gave him that opportunity to become the person that he really wanted to be. The children and adults that I've hurt back when I was a child and as an adult, how can somebody love me for that? How can somebody respect me and accept me for the things I've did? That's why I've had all that hate in me. Because who would want me? Now, I mentioned that this episode really was going to get into the why of the story and going deeper than just what the surface level is. So as I started looking into this, what was so special about this story for me? Why did this impact me so much? And there were three things. The first thing is the timeline. Where are they now? And that's, that's really the interesting part about this. As I mentioned, there were dozens 
of accounts of this story. There was one particular time when Michael actually met with uh, Bernice King, the, the daughter of Dr. Martin Luther King. So this had the opportunity to take off into something fantastic and famous. But with all of the possibility, the press and the viral nature of this story, even the time in which it was happening, because this was only just a few years ago, during a time when our country was probably in one of the most racially divided times in our history. I know it's been the entire history, but with all of the rhetoric that has come up in the last few years, with all of this happening, this could have turned into book deals and TV shows and any number of money-making enterprises capitalizing on the fame. But you don't see any of that. Right now, Michael is married. He's living his life. Tiffany is still a probation officer, and she's living her life, and she's just focused on the people in her care. But this has been years. You can't find follow-up stories about the two of them. You don't find speaking engagements from, from Michael or Tiffany. There's none of that. This was something that happened, and as far as they're concerned, they're living the life that they want to live. And I love that, that this was not about an opportunity to become famous out of this, that the deeper story is what happened to the two of them internally. The second why of this is both of them, Michael and Tiffany, both had to push through that, that wall, that hard exterior to get to that real person inside. You go back to their first encounter, the way that they describe it, when Tiffany showed up, she showed up in full uniform, as she should have, and Michael came out and his first comment to her was, are you alone? The way that it was presented, it seemed like this could have been a problem. Tiffany could have taken a standard approach to that, called in backup, decided this was not going to be the time, started to believe in everything that she saw and decided, I'm going to, I'm going to handle this in a completely different way. But she didn't. She continued to push through and believe that there was a, a person there that she was able to help. So we hear the story, we've, we see the interviews. And from what we see, it was tough. We know that it was a lot harder. There was a lot more intensity. There was a lot more struggle in that. But both of them, both Tiffany and Michael, were willing to do the hard work, willing to go deeper, and willing to risk pretty much everything for the result that we are able to see. And when it comes to the why of all of our stories, that really needs to be it. We, we have to be able to get past that surface and past what is presented to us, even about us, to get to that real result. The third thing is the story within the story, or, or really the deeper story or the treasure that I'm calling this. Now, just about every article that you see about them, it doesn't start with their names. It starts with his so-called titles. Neo-Nazi 
does this. White supremacist does this. Former white supremacist. Former Nazi. We are taught through example. We're taught through experience. We're taught through our teachers and our mentors to profile people, to see people in a certain way. It happens all of the time. It happens on social media. Somebody says something and it's, oh, it's this political party or it's this race or it's this uh, group of people or it's this gender. And as soon as you do that, there is something that comes up that says, oh, I know exactly what this is going to be like. So we end up profiling people. We see it. We do it. And as in Michael's case, there is an underlying story that doesn't get seen unless we're willing to go deeper. Those underlying stories are the things that that end up driving us. When people act in a certain way and we're, we're thinking, I, I don't understand why you're acting this way towards me or in, in this situation, a lot of times there's something that that triggered that. Now, whether that thing is right or wrong is not the issue. It's that there is something there that is that trigger. And we have to be willing to kind of risk it all to find that, in this case, buried treasure, find that that underlying thing that can help that person or help that situation get released. So sometimes in this situation, like in, in Michael's situation, sometimes it takes someone willing to help us safely recover or safely uncover that story or that part of us or that part of that situation to help facilitate the change that we so deeply want to have. spending time with us at Perpetual Good, and I hope this episode encourages you to both check out Tiffany Whittier's and Michael Kent's story, but also to search for the why in your own story as you go about doing good for yourself and your family, but not only them, but also for your community and the world. The theme music for Perpetual Good is Wild and Windy by Bled John, with additional music Soaring Above the Waves by Rolick Music. Marketing and social media management is by Imani Tahira. And I leave you with these two quotes. The first is by author Joseph Campbell. It is by going down to the abyss that we recover the treasures of life. Where you stumble, there lies your treasure. The second, second quote is by Nobel Prize recipient Isaac Bashiba Singer. For those who are willing to make an effort, great miracles and wonderful treasures are in store. Thank you again, and we'll talk to you next time on the Perpetual Good Podcast. Bye-bye.